Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hello, Levi. Today, we are talking about the weaver job. It is an honorable profession. Yes. Glad you agree. A monopolistic and anti-competitive profession. Well, it is Ulda. Yes, <laughs> correct. Thanks for taking us in, Jen. As one might expect, the Weaver's Guild is in Ulda. There's not much background to talk about with these things, unfortunately. There's not a long and storied history of these trade crafts. Nah. Uldans, of course, favor light fabrics for the dual solar protection and breathability to fend off their eternal enemy, the sun. Correct, which is why we are making thick woolen gowns. Well, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but the more desert-appropriate wear before things got co-opted by fashion and wealth were light and breathable cloth clothes. Correct. But that was then and this is now. And right now, the weaver profession, at least the weaver's guild, largely caters to the rich and famous in Ulda. Well, of course, because their stuff is the best and it is sought after from all over the realm. It's true. Part of the reason why it's the best is that the kind of the business front of the Weaver's Guild, the sun silk tapestries, has some menacing practices that make sure that there is no competition to speak of. It's more like if you want the best, you go to Sunsilk. I'm sure there are other manufacturers out there. We just don't know of them because it doesn't pertain to this I'm, I'm quest line. I'm not being snide. They literally talk about this in the quest line. Well, yeah, because uh, I think it was with the merchants that came from other lands trying to trade their you know subpar wares. They couldn't they couldn't hold up Sunsilk. That's what they say on the front, but. There is an insinuation there that they do some leg-breaking and eye-jabbing with sewing needles to suppress the competition. Really? I did not pick up on that sort of mob behavior. But again, I tend to be a little, um, I guess, uh, naive when it comes to that, and I always look for the good in so everybody. The direct quote is that when we talked to the receptionist to get enrolled in the Weaver's Guild, she says that those who come to Ulda to peddle cheap rags quickly learn the price of doing business in their territory. There, Yeah, there's a couple ways you could take that. Yep. So you be the judge. There you go. Anyway, though, whatever the truth may be, we're not engaged in such dirty business. We're here to weave cloth and... Chew gum. And we're all kick out of ass. gum. Yeah, we're here to weave cloth and kick ass. And we're all out of ass. Okay, that, that analogy got <laughs> stretched because, a bit. Because we're weaving. Yes, thank we're, you, Yeah, we're not all out of, of cloth. We're, we're overflowing with cloth. So obviously we're out of ass. So we, of course, do go to the Weaver's Guild in Ulda to become a weaver. The receptionist gives us the spiel. And then we get referred to the guildmaster, Redolent Rose, for the final approval. While we're talking to the receptionist, she's like, mm, I mean... You need to go see the guildmaster. He has he wants to check every hopeful personally. I do wonder if your attire is appropriate, however. And I'm like, 
Bitch, I'm in like level 90 crafted gear. I'm sure I will pass muster. <sighs> Whatever. So Rose is a very dapper Rogaden. Oh, his his outfit is just impeccably tailored. He is a well put together man. He's very impressive looking. And the level 50 weaver's hat is like a skull cap with a top hat sewn to it. it. But it's like at a jaunty angle. Yes. And it reminds me of some of like the the like the super the super fancy super like um, couture um, hats that um, ladies of the court <laughs> would wear. So there's like the the piece that would yeah attach to your attach to your skull, and then everything else is just gravy, um, which is the top hat element, and of course the feather. Yes, it has a, an entirely different vibe to it than simply just being squarely perched atop his head. Oh sure. Rose deals in high fashion. Of course. Incidentally, uh, Rose is pretty young, even by this game standards, at 25, which makes him a bit of a prodigy. He is also the designer of the Sultana's signature formal dress, that pink dress she wears at all the the big cutscenes. He's... The dude has, like, salt and pepper hair and, like, laugh lines and... 25 my ass maybe in in, in (laughs) hamster years i don't know well it could be a either he's lying about his age or he could (laughs) be putting on an older affectation to get respect i think just age is a totally different kind of uh math in uh, in final fantasy land agree yeah (laughs) so we walk up to redolent rose this very very excellent looking person and he oh oh he he well he addresses us Oh, look, another adventurer looking for adventure. Can I dance you a little jig? Eh? Does that does that uh, work for you? Well, if not, then maybe you should go back to the Ruby Road Exchange and look at the, the dancing ladies there. I'm like, what the fuck? Wow, he's spicy. But then we say, no, we're here to learn how to be a weaver. And it's like, oh, fantastic. Are you prepared to suffer? Absolutely. Let the suffering begin. All right, Jin is prepared to suffer. So we get our starting sewing needle. And the first task is to craft a spindle of hemp and yarn. If we can't pull that off, may as well give it up now. That's a true statement. But we do. We do. From raw moko grass. And we're good to proceed. We present the yarn and get a lecture about how even the yarn needs to be made with care. Even though the finest garments are the sum of their parts, their parts are invariably the finest. Of course, yes. You cannot make... A beautiful, high-quality textile out of bullshit thread. After that, next task is to make some pants. Three pairs of hempen breeches. Yeah. And then we get the lecture about, hey, remember there's gathering too, if you want to gather your stuff. Yes. And make it, but... Make friends with a botanist. I will. And then I will become one. The botanist called the market board. Sure. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) So we knock out the pants and turn them in. These are not fine garments, but clothes for workers who value comfort and mobility over all else. Function over form, at least for now. You know, each each garment has a purpose. He's happy that we do not deviate from the from the standard pattern for hemp and breeches, like we had a choice. But uh, you know, he says a uh, scalloped hem is about as useful as nipples on a gladiator's breastplate. Well, I guess the people who designed Batman's costume. Who was it? Who was it that had the Batman costume with the nipples on it? <laughs> was it George Clooney or was it? I don't it? know. <laughs> um, I forget. But that was that was kind of scandalous when that happened. Of course, that was in the nineties. Anyway, 
Um, and then after this, this is uh, we get our spinning wheel here. That job's done. Uh, we return later on, and we need a dozen bolts of undyed hempen cloth stat. No problem. Bam, 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 bam. Here you go. Pile of hempen cloth. These bolts are for the immortal flames. They're going to be used as bandages, as there's just been a giant brawl in the flames foreign brigade. They got drunk and got into a fight. Keeping it classy. Womp womp. Well, at least our bolts of cloth will be useful in some in some way. But at least we've now earned the right to do commissions. Hey, that's pretty big. Not under the Sunsilk Tapestry name, though. Oh, gosh, no. No. Off-brand. You know, doing, doing leave quests for randos. Sure. That's fine. So now we get into the actual story after the warm-up stuff. The first commission we get through the guild is for one Wawaruka. We're going to craft him some bespoke clothes as a thank you for his patronage. So don't fuck it up. Yeah. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, ooh, this must be a very highfalutin sort of gentleman. Let me go meet, I'm going to call him Ruka, because Wawaruka is an awkward mouth shape. So I'm going to call him Ruka. Anyway, we meet him and he is a, he is an adorably humble Lollafell miner. And he is in charge of procurement for the guild um hence the you know good client status and he's um well he's he's chuffed that uh redolent rose would offer to make him some things so he um what are what he requests of course is something that he just you know some uh very bread and butter items for his everyday um needs so you know a pair of shepherd slops and a scarf for um for on the job stuff right well, it's worth noting the reason he's a, a big buyer is that he's the quartermaster for the Miners Guild. So he doesn't buy fancy things. He buys in bulk. Right. That's why he brings the dollars in. Right. So gloves, pans, all of those things that are being consistently worn down. So yeah, good client. So he's like, you know, I, yeah, I'm a good client, but it's just because our items see a whole lot of action. And he feels, um, you know, this is the kind of guy that doesn't, you know, like a lot of fuss and he's a little like, oh, you're going to give this to me for free. That's like, wow, that's that's extremely generous. So like a little self-conscious there, you know, again, because he's just a, he's a humble miner and he's just adorable. So we make him the scarf and slops and then he stops by to try them on and he's very pleased. Rose, though, had something a bit more tailored in mind for this besides the the workforce clothes. Sure. But Walraruka don't want no frilly watsits. Yep, frilly watsits. Oh, he's got this really cute little Cockney accent, and um, but he's ex- he is ecstatic over these clothes. He's hopping around. He's like, man, these are amazing. Woo! I'm off. I go. I'm gonna mine the shit out of shit. Um, and you know, Redolent Rose is like, Ugh. I I had hoped he would ask for something better, but um, and it's that's interesting because I I find Rose to be a an incredibly insightful man. Who can kind of, you know, when clients ask for things, he can kind of see behind and see the like the deeper meaning behind the request. And so like he knows what they want more than they do kind of a guy. So it's interesting that he couldn't foresee that Ruka wouldn't ask for more than, you know, his his simple wardrobe things. I don't think that Rose is the omnivisionary. I think he's good at dressing people up specifically because everything he does in terms of trying to to guide fashion is about a certain look 
And when people try and go it their own way, he is less understanding and accommodating. He, he is a person who has a taste for fine things and fine fashion. Well, he also understands that your outward, and he says this, especially in Ulda, your outward appearance is the reality to a lot of people. Um, but again, he sees, he sees, he sees people's soul, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he will, you know, want the best for them. And as we see with Ruka, <laughs> um, you know, they, they may want something different. And so there's this like, oh, I, I, I see the potential in you, but he's still very respectful of, you know, what people want. He may not respect the person, but he respects their wishes. Sure. Fair. So with that job done, we can now actually do commissions on behalf of Sun Silk Tapestries. We can put the, the brand on our clothes now. Big moves. And our first official job for the guild and for their business front is a commission for a an heir to a vast fortune. This is a Lala named Mama Jaru, who is a bit of a dilettante. Oh, he is a, he is hoity-toity, and he's a pompous ass. Correct. So he's waiting for us right now. So we got to hustle over to the shop he's hanging out by to go and get his commission. He is a white-haired Lala that's wearing a dyed version of the traditional Uldan garb. Mm-hmm. He's got jewelry galore. And he immediately assumes that we are beggars. Um, once again, despite the fact that I am resplendent in level 90 garb. Maybe you're less resplendent than you think you are, Jen. I, I guess, because he assumes that I'm trying to shake him down for money. Um, and we clarify, oh no, we are here on behalf of the guild to make this thing that you want. And what the fuck is this thing that you want? And he says, well. Uh, I have just learned that I have a prodigious talent in the gladiatorial arts, and I require only the finest equipment uh, to unlock my full potential. So this this actin needs to have some materia put on it. So this is the you know the materia melding uh, part of the quest. Um, and then he's like, "All right, chop chop," and he walks away. Ugh, asshole. So yes, we go and we make a, it doesn't have to be high quality because fuck him. Uh, and we know that he is, he's not going to be any kind of gladiator. Um, not because he's a, a lullafell, but because he is a pompous ass. And he seems, he's like, well, I, I guess, okay. So we make the thing, we turn it in, he tries it on. And um, the difference between his reaction and Ruka's could not be more different. Um, or it could not be more aggressive. He basically says, this is probably fine. <sighs> okay, bye. So Rose offers some gratitude by proxy. You know, Mama, Mama Jaru did not offer any thanks, but I will. Mama Jaru is fine. He, he's got his jacket on, his new quilted jacket. That's been materia enhanced. I think I gave him some like gathering materia or something on there. Yeah, because... like whatever, you know, whatever level one materia I had on me. Yep. He, he walks off. And Rose thanks us for doing a good job, even though he's uh, the client is pretty shitty. He calls him a little turd. Yeah. So <laughs> after he leaves, Rose says, when he watched that little turd saunter out of here, I almost mistook him for a gladiator. Oh, well, that was a very generous thing to say. Well, turd notwithstanding. 
generous to, to, to us. For, for, for the word turd to come out of Redolent Rose's mouth was very surprising. Redolent Rose is one of those NPCs that kind of, you immediately love them. You know, they don't, they don't take shit. There's a lot of NPCs in this game that are like this. Um, that uh, you just, you respect the hell out of them and you do not want to disappoint them. And so, you, you know, you hold these people in really high regard and then he says something like the word turd and it's just, it just, it makes him even more endearing, you know, like, you know, this, this guy well, is just saying it like it is, but he's still a consummate professional. Of course. We return later and the guild is swamped. Rose had an important commission, but something came in from the Sultana herself and that jumps to the top of the queue. We aren't Sultana material yet, so we're taking over his commission so he can work on the Sultana's commission. The client for this job is one Baba Y, who we need to meet with right away. We're making a dress for his daughter, Kokomo. <laughs> Baba Y is a well-bred Lala that demands that she receive a dress that makes her a ruby among the riffraff. His daughter doesn't seem to care one way or the other she's very bored and disaffected well she's like not so much disaffected but just kind of tired of her dad's shit you know she's she's probably tired of being kind of like an accessory to her dad's success um so the way she looks is um and it reflects on her father's business right because he's a goldsmith and uses her as an advertising tool essentially basically yes however i don't know if you noticed this when we are Approaching the gold court to meet with Baba Y and his daughter. Off, kind of lurking just outside the court is Wabaruka. And he's just kind of, kind of gazing. And at this point, you don't know what he's doing. But I, this, this is the second time I've done it. So I, I stopped. I did not notice him there the first time I did this quest. Um, and when you uh, speak to him, all he does is sigh longingly. <laughs> and yep, so I, uh, I thought that was really cute and then when you walk back to the guild to report back to uh rose he's still there just kind of kind of lurking and stare it's just really really cute um and so right so now we have to make um a, a gorgeous dress not out of cotton fuck you if you use cotton my daughter is worth more than that so it's not like cotton cloth, but it's going to be a mix. It's not going to be a, um, a Vanya silk dress, which I think, see, and this is where he's like, he senses, he's trying to bridge the gap between what Coco's, Kokomo's father wants and what she wants. So he wants hella finery and she wants something that's a little bit more approachable. So he decides velveteen is the way to go. Because it's like kind of, it's a mix of, of silk and cotton. It's still a very beautiful material. Um, so there you go. Give me a bolt of velveteen. I'll do the patterns. High quality velveteen. Yes. From here on out, everything has to be HQ. Right. So we can make the cloth for the dress. Still very important, but not the dress itself. We make the HQ velveteen, turn it in. Rose comments when we do so that he knows this client and knows that the daughter doesn't want or need another dress. We don't know the deal with the family yet, but... Rose lets on that the girl needs something else instead. Yeah. With that job done, we're on to the next. Our old-fashioned acquaintance with simple tastes, the Miners Guild Quartermaster Wawaruka, is back in the mix, and he wants a fancy watsit, and we're going to make it for him. 
specifically a pair of velveteen gaiters. The best damn velveteen gaiters you can make. And and we're like, we probably have a look on our face that's kind of like, huh, why the change of heart here? And he says, well, you know, there's there's this girl and uh, anyway, that's I've said enough. Just OK, thanks. Bye. We make him a very nice pair of shoes. Gleaming white velveteen shoes. Everything's white. It's interesting in this tier of crafting, everything that you make is like the natural color of the material. So everything that the weaver outputs is just white waiting to be dyed. But in higher tiers of crafting, they realize that maybe it doesn't look the best and you're not always going to dye your stuff. So they will give you a pre-dyed output material, even though there's nothing colored in the mix per se. Right. Because, you know, like when when you craft a little 70 something outfit, it'll be like blue or like a mix of colors or or whatever, you know, like it it looks like a complete ensemble. It's not like a a raw suit waiting to be dyed. But everything that you you make right now looks like it needs a dye job to be done. So because I was leveling up Weaver for the first time on um, Shu, my podcast alt, I was going crazy with the Weaver crafting list. You could make almost your full left side of gear, the like the, you know, hat, shirt, pants, gloves, whatever, out of um, or from the Weaver's crafting list. So I'm walking around now in like all these pure white suits because I I made my my crafting gear for the future crafting jobs in later episodes. Yeah, I saw you running around in the the stuff. Yep. in the stuff. And also, like, later on, they also break out the crafting gear amongst multiple professions. But right now, it's like, yeah, Weaver. Weaver makes everything. Yeah. Which is, I think that's why I started with Weaver. Because it seemed like, yeah, that's, you're making a whole lot of stuff as Weaver. Yep. Um, Not very balanced, but useful for now. Definitely. And... Oh, we give we we give these shoes to Ruka. He tries them on and he struts out like he's on top of the world. He is just so stoked. Woohoo! I'm gonna win hearts with this outfit. But he's put on other clothes in the changing room. So while the camera is focused on the shoes, we hear Redolent Rose inquire about the stat the state of the rest of his outfit. And sir, what what is this that you're wearing? And then the camera pans up, and what the what the fuck? He has a leather harness on, so he's bare chested with just a like leather harness. Um, some very scary looking gauntlets, and um, I don't know leather pants or something. Don't forget the tricorn. The tricorn. I wrote that patch. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is just. A complete diarrhea of an outfit. Well, Jen, the pants are his father's cordon pants when he wooed his mother. Oh, yes. No, no, no. He's like, my my pa had great success with this outfit and he is feeling great. I mean, like, how can you tell this guy to change his stuff? He feels amazing. Rose tries to, but he runs off he, before. Oh, he's, he's too excited. <laughs> he runs off and Rose collapses in despair. Oh, God, in hoping that maybe the, uh, you know, the the girl will see past the outfit and, you know, look to his intent, maybe. Oh, fuck. We come back later and learn, unsurprisingly, that the attempt was not successful. 
he got chased away by Kokomo's father. Yeah, and he's like, pervert, which I understand because fucking leather harness. <laughs> if you're not like Jen who spotted Wawaruka creeping on Kokomo, maybe wistfully adoring Kokomo from a distance. There you go. We learn now that the apple of his eye is is Kokomo, mm-hmm. who is, of course, the daughter of the overbearing goldsmith. He's got an uphill battle. And, and Kokomo is just also adorable. As we're talking, Wawaruka also recaps the meat cute that got him and his uh, his lady started down this oh, path. Oh, that's right. That's where he first like locked eyes on her. Yep. So he was making a delivery to the goldsmith shop. At the time, though, there were a couple of troublesome customers. So Wawaruka steps in to fend them off. They get into a scuffle. He takes a few hits, but he does chase them off. Kokomo bends down to tend to him afterwards and they lock eyes while Baruka is smitten from that point on. Yep. He's like, I don't even know what she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just precious. Uh, so he understands what he's up against here. You know, a uh, daughter of a very wealthy merchant, blah, blah, blah. So in order to look more like a quote unquote respectable man, he asks for a nice linen shirt. Just a nice linen shirt. What could possibly go wrong? This shirt still shows a lot of chest, but... Not in a leather harness kind of way. No, it, This is the, a very traditional shirt. The Uldan level of chest being right. shown. Yeah, like tons of dudes around town are, are sporting this shirt and it's and it's fine. So we give him the shirt, he tries it on, tries it on and we're all very hopeful that this will go down a little differently than the first time. And he, he walks out and he's like, man... I feel amazing. This shirt is amazing. And Rose, once again, is like, but but, dude, what is this other stuff you have on? A conical hat on and spectacles. Straight up a dunce cap. To make him look smart. Well, yeah, because his goldsmith friend gave it to him and he said, I look smart in this. So, of course, he's going to put it on. And he's wearing a leather sebligar to show off his miner's thighs. Yeah, because his friends said, and he has so much, and this is beautiful, he has so much faith in his friends when they're all telling him these these things, like this hat makes you look great. You have a, you're a miner with a chiseled physique. You should show it off. Hence the leather sebligar, which, I mean, thank God he did not pair that with the leather harness. <laughs> So he um, also is wearing armored boots and gloves. They're the best sellers at his armorer friend's shop. See, isn't that precious? He goes in. He's just so earnest. And he goes into his armorer friend's, his, his friend's shop. And he's like, what? What? Because he has no idea what to do. Like, what is your what is what are your top sellers? And his friends, oh, man, these sell like hotcakes and these sell like hotcakes. He's like, I'll take them. Absolutely. And. He just puts it all together into this insane looking outfit and off he runs once again. Like, this is this is it, guys. This is this is going to do it. And again, Rose is just despondent. He's like this man. This man is going to ruin his chances. And he's he's so upset. And I understand we want we want what's best for Ruka. We want this to work out. But there off he goes. Later on, we come back to the guild. And we hear nothing about Wawaruka. We can assume it went as expected wearing those clothes. But Rose is now invested in this courtship. And he has another commission for Kokomo's father. So we're going to visit her during this fitting to probe her for her feelings about Wawaruka 
and see if there's a chance if she knows who he is if she has any feelings yeah. about him whatsoever just do a little reconnaissance yep so we show up we meet them again we steer the conversation successfully towards ruka kokomo tells us that she thinks his outfits are ridiculous but she's charmed by him in general yeah and at at his when we mentioned his name she just kind of giggles and she's like oh my goodness um you know she remembers her father chasing him off but this second time he actually didn't recognize who he was so thank god for that at least um and she's just she wishes that he would you know stick around or make a couple more deliveries because she would like to you know chat with him like oh this is great this is great he's got an in here and her request, because this is not her father talking, she asks success to make some woolen tights. Just very simple. And she tries them on. She's like, these are these are fantastic. They're so warm and comfortable. Well, she can wear the tights under her gowns and her dad would never know. Because she's going to these evening events just constantly. And they're, they're always like a little chilly. Um, and, you know, hence the tights. And... Rose asks her, like, could you not just maybe ask your dad if it's okay if you don't go to these things? And she says that it's not really an option. You know, you know my father. It's, I I must go. And, and this, I love this from Rose. So he, he, he goes at it with, with optimism. Like, hey, you know what? If you have to show up at these things, maybe see it as an opportunity. Maybe one of these days you'll meet a just a, a charming gentleman. She immediately assumes that we're talking about Ruka. I mean, we're not. It's just we're talking about like a, you know. Yes, we are. The random, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just funny because her reaction is immediately like, oh my gosh, can you imagine Ruka at one of these bullshit parties? No way. He would never be caught dead. And I'm like, oh, well, her mind went immediately to him. That's a great sign. Well, this bums her out, though. So she kind of wanders off. Dejectedly. It doesn't bum her out. It makes her a little bashful i think she's this is like <gasps> she says her father would never accept him i i think that no, no, no. okay well first this there's a series of emotions here she realizes she's she's referenced ruka by name in a very specific scenario um and she maybe she caught herself off guard by making this admission out loud that he's on her mind and you know, probably a little like, oh, anyway, okay, uh, thanks for the tights. And then as she's walking away, she mutters to herself like, well, I mean, like my dad would ever accept him. So there's there's that kind of that, that flush at first, but then the realization that it would never work out because of her father. We return to Rose later on again, and this time he's taking matters into his own hands. He tells us that Wabaruka showed up again with another ridiculous idea for an outfit but we're going to take over and make him an actual wardrobe that goes together this time. Mm-hmm. Baba Y won't even recognize him in this stylish getup. <laughs> he didn't recognize him in the not so stylish getup, but sure. Yeah. In a good way this time. Right. But fortunately, Rose asks us to ask for permission before we just take over and change the order. So sure. And, you know, Ruka is like, you know what? Yeah, I think you guys know best, and I, I'm done with that. Sure, go ahead and put you know put me in something that you like. This tier is a woolen gown, woolen beret, and gaskins. Mm-hmm. All high quality, looking smart. And we dress up Wabaruka, but he looks dejected. I know because he is just seen on the way over 
Kokomo and some other man hanging out. All by the lonesome. So obviously he's got some competition and he's he's a little, he's dejected. Now he thinks that, well, that's it for me. This person though, importantly, is of her class. So he's some wealthy person, not a miners guild or tradesman who is trying to, yep. to, to reach up. Two, two upper class folks walking together. And they just they just look like they belong together, you know? That's it looks natural. It looks right. And he doesn't see how he could possibly fit into that life. Because Wabaruka has more dirt under his fingernails than she does in her entire estate. <clears throat> He's not wrong, but man, that dirt doesn't mean that you're dirty. Right? That dirt means you're a hard worker and an honest man. And dirty. Possibly dirty. <laughs> So he mopes off with the outfit we made going to waste. Well, for now. But yeah, he looks he looks great, but he's he, he's got some soul searching to do. And and Rose is like, you know, there's nothing we can do for him at this point. If he chooses to continue to pursue Kokomo, he's got to muster that courage within himself. So we just have to wait. And wait we do. But here we are, Jen, the final stage, level 50. So we go to meet Rose again, and in the middle of our conversation, Wabaruka rushes over. Clothes. He needs clothes. I need clothes right now. I need new clothes. Um, and this is, he's interrupting Rose, who was just telling us, um, oh, by the way, I saw Kokomo, and the person that is courting her is none other than, and then Ruka runs in, like, it's you. Uh, we know who it is. Um, because Mama Jaru, that little dick, he's going to propose to her. Mamadaru being the, He's the turd. wealthy, aspiring gladiator. Yeah, the turd. Um, <laughs> so what we do is we make a suite of patrician's gear for him. Um, a lovely wedge cap, a coatee, and um, bottoms. Ruka realizes that even though he feels outclassed, he won't be able to rest if he doesn't make a an attempt at least Good for him. at sharing his feelings. It's like This is the moment I have to tell her how I feel. However it goes is however it goes, but I got to do it. So we make this full set here. It's a lot of work, a lot of materials, but he now looks like a dapper, undyed gentleman. Looks very, very nice. So, but he has no time to waste here. Um, there, uh, Redolent Rose has seen Kokomo and Mama Jaru in the gold court, and he's like, "I think this is the moment now. It's the perfect moment. It's the the perfect environment for a romantic proposal. So get your ass over there." So he runs. And then Rose asks us to follow him because he's desperate to know how this turns out. We get to the point, or when when we arrive, Mama Jaru's in the middle of, of some stupid story about some stupid shit that happened to his stupid life. Uh, oh, the, the gentleman said, I don't know anything about business. And I was like, I don't have to if I know the people running them. <laughs> and Coco is just not down. She's feeling, she looks like she just wants to get the fuck out of there. Unfortunately, Mama Jaru picks up on this vibe and he's like, woman, you will pay attention to me when I speak. And he goes to raise his hand like he's going to slap her. Um, Holy shit. So she recoils, asks him, oh, God, don't, please don't. And this is when Ruka swoops in and blocks the whole slap from going on. Like, how dare you attempt to slap a lady? She kind of falls on her on her butt a little bit. And asks Ruka, um, I'm sorry, do I know you? <laughs> she doesn't recognize him either. Um, 
and he turns around and he says, um, you know, I this I'm I, I'm Ruka. I've delivered to your father a few times. I don't know if you remember me. And she's like, oh yes. Um, why are you wearing this? Why are you wearing this? This is this is a new look for you. Um, and he says, I wore this for you. Well, rich kid Mama Jaru is still there. Oh yeah. And he doesn't take kindly to this interruption. But Wabaruka just gives him a stare down without any words. Well, Wabarujaru demands fisticuffs. Like, how about you? Oh, how dare you besmirch my whatever? And fucking Ruka just squares up in his face. And Mama Jaru backs down and says, well, you just made yourself a big fat enemy <laughs> and runs away. It's fantastic. Oh, and then this this precious moment. And he kneels down slowly to help her up. And she reaches her hand up and they have just, oh, sparks are flying, people. And they're just, it's, oh, oh, it's so romantic. And uh, she's like, please don't ever wear those weird outfits again. And he says, as you wish. And they then they just have a little moment and we leave them be. Like we'll let, we're gonna let them have their thing, and we walk back um, to the guild to report to to Rose that right. everything seemed to go well, really well. Wow! But it's not a guarantee. He notes because they're still his father. But the the strength exists within within Ruka, and his destiny is in his hands, and he seems completely capable. Lest you be confused, though, Rose is not invested in this nonsense. He is merely fulfilling his duty as a weaver. Sure. Consummate professional. Of course. Sure. And that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a, what a, it's just the sweetest little story. I love it so, so much. I immediately fell head over heels for Ruka. Um, he's my, he's my favorite guy. Well, the weaver's tool we get at this tier is not as ridiculous as the giant carpenter saw, sadly. Sadly. I mean, it, we, they couldn't give us a giant needle. So. They could have. I, I guess. It'd be as practical as that giant size. Maybe a... I forget what the thing is. The Like the needlepoint, the circle or whatever. It, it looks like a harp kind of. Yeah. I don't know what, the, what that thing is. But I, th- that could have been giant, I suppose. But either way, we're... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking good. Feeling good. We did, we did some good work here. And that's that. <laughs> yep. This quest is very straightforward compared to Carpenter, which had a bit more drama to it in a way. Like for all the, the actual drama in this with the Wawaruka goings on, there's not much to really look into or to evaluate. It's like, yep, it, this is kind of what it is. Oh, sure. I mean, with the Carp- Carpenter's Quest, there was a lot of a lot of interpersonal drama that went unsaid. And so we had to try to figure out what the heck had gone on in their past to make them act this way towards one another now. Ugh, just mysteries, drama, people being weird. Um. So, but yes, this was... This was lovely. This was just like a little a little snack, a little rom-com of a story that was delightful. Yep, pretty much. So that's Weaver. Next time, we are resuming the main story. We'll be playing through the Sylph storyline to the quest Spirited Away. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
if you would like to get in touch with us, shout us out, whatever, uh, you can. You can email us at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or uh, tweet at us at podreturn. And with that, we really hope you enjoyed the episode and we will see you next time. <laughs>